Hello, everyone, and welcome into a brand new episode of Swings and Mishes. I'm your co-host and producer, Jeremy Taché, joined by uh, the father of a celebrity in, in Hayes Mish. We have Craig Mish here today on this episode of Swings and Mishes, the host of this one. Craig, how does it feel knowing that your son is now a, a micro Twitter celebrity? I'll tell you, I'm, I'm a little worried. We're, we're thinking about having a new podcast, just eliminating this one, doing a little swings and mishes, just having him <laughs> co-host with you. And, and, and you really don't need me anymore because he's the one that's, that's breaking all the news. But yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's actually pretty funny the, the kick that he gets out of this. Like, I, I guess, you know, I suppose there could be a perception that, that this is like me doing something, but it really is him. Now, as far as look, you know, where the information's coming in, let's be real, but, yeah. but, he is like super into it. We went to spring training last Thursday, Friday and Saturday. You know, this is, this is, this is a kid that I cannot get out of there at three o'clock in the it. afternoon. I'm like, this is a spring training game and we have to drive an hour. Can we leave? No, we cannot. And then we walk out and then I think it was, was it Griffin Conan that hit a home run the other day? I don't know. Somebody hit a home run. Uh-huh. And, he, and as we're walking out, he's like, that's why I don't want to leave. That's why I don't want to leave. <laughs> 40 years of doing this, and I'm having to do it all over again at spring training. But no, I'm really enjoying it. I'm happy that baseball is back. And, you know, certainly I think I'm happy that the Marlins have put themselves in a much better position than they were a week ago. Whether or not that's enough for the season certainly is up for debate. But that's, I, I guess, where we'll begin today. Well, that's Yeah, that's a real good transition into where we need to be as – yeah, baseball is back. The Marlins are back. And uh, today, as we're recording this, Jorge Soler made his Marlins spring training uh, debut in Jupiter. He's there uh, with the team now. And that's after signing a three-year, $36 million deal with a couple of opt-outs in there, Craig. Um, what are your thoughts, first of all, on this deal for the Marlins and, and what it does for them from a roster standpoint? Well, you know, it, you know I, I think, first of all, Privately, I, I think the Marlins hope it, the debate is that it's a one-year deal because if Soler ends up having a fantastic season this year, he is going to put himself back on the market next year with a lot less competition in terms of starting corner outfielders and designated mm -hmm. hitters. So, uh, you know, clearly that's what they're hopeful for. Uh, Soler is, is clearly betting on himself in this situation. It took him a long time to sign coming off winning the World Series MVP with the Atlanta Braves. Of course, it's been reported that the Braves were involved. The very intriguing option for Soler and one that can be debated, obviously, is the Colorado Rockies. Um, what would have been the perception of Soler, Jeremy, going to Colorado and hitting 50 home runs? Is it better to hit 30 in Miami or 50 in Colorado? It's an interesting decision that he had to make there is really those very two teams. Interesting. In the end, yeah. those. Two, I mean, a one-year deal with Colorado, he goes back on the market after 50 home runs. Uh, you know, is he uh, is he Matt Holiday or is he CJ Crone? Like nobody knows, mm. you know, so that, that's the thing with Colorado. You really just don't know. So uh, what what this does is it makes the, the Marlins lineup much more potent for sure. Adds another bat with that can potentially hit 30 home runs. I mean, he could hit 50, but, you know, you know, generally you want to stay in that 30 range because you just don't know what the player is going to be. And and naturally, the, the hope is, is that with Soler playing, I suppose, left field, and Sanchez in center and Avisel Garcia in right field, that this is a passable outfield. And nobody really knows the answer to that. And, and really we're going to, this is like a, a 
sort of shift in baseball too. We're going to find out all of us together if center field is really important anymore defensively. Yeah. I mean, we all assume it is, but we're going to find out this season if it truly is because I personally don't know if either of those guys, the the center field or the right fielder can actually play center field. I, I don't know that they can, so we're going to find out together. Yeah, it, it, watching the way that the Marlins are going to to try to overemphasize offense in the outfield this year will will be interesting because those those three players certainly none of them is a uh none of them are pure center fielders is is how we'll say that one but um I'm I'm intrigued to see what Sanchez's uh athleticism looks like out there but you uh detailed Craig in the Herald some of the options that the Marlins had for improving the center field position you know b- before signing Soler and and you know some of those could still be active now so as the Marlins sort of get into all of this, it'll it'll be about different prospects, names in there, including Khalil Watson, Max Meyer. But let's start with with the trade potential that was there, including those guys for Brian Reynolds in Pittsburgh. So what are your thoughts there first on on what's going on with Brian Reynolds? Yeah, Pittsburgh, as they should, uh, is, is not going to do a deal with the Marlins unless they feel that it's a, a franchise changing deal. The Pirates are on a, are in a complete rebuild at this point. Of course, teams don't admit that, but the Pirates are basically as close to Jeremy where the Orioles were about three years ago. And think about mm-hmm. where the Orioles are now. Uh, I have all the confidence in Ben Sherrington, their general manager. I think he's going to turn it around. It's a great fan base. It's a great park. And, yeah. and I think in four or five years, just like I thought with Baltimore, and I still do think with Baltimore, I, I think the Pirates – will will be a force in several years because I do think that they have the right people in the right organization. Um, but they have nothing. I mean, they literally have nothing. They they yeah. they they made some horrific deals in the past that really disabled what they're trying to do now. They're having to completely start over essentially. You know, you look up and down their roster, major leagues and minor leagues, almost no I mean their major league pitching is scary. Uh, our buddy Zach Thompson's probably their best pitcher, uh, you know, going into the season. It's a very, it's wow. going to be a really, really rough season for them. Uh, O'Neill Cruz is a minor leaguer they have they like a lot. That there's a chance for him to succeed, and of course, K. Brian Hayes. I think most people mm-hmm. know who he is too. But Brian Reynolds is just so far and above what what everybody else is on that team with four years of control. Man. Quality of player reminds me of when JT was here, uh, JT Ramuto, with no one else. Wow, reminds yeah. me of that, except for JT's control was not nearly as much as what Reynolds was. So the Pirates, and you mentioned Khalil Watson. Why, why are we mentioning Khalil Watson? Why are we mentioning guys like him, Max Meyer? It's very obvious. Pittsburgh does not feel in two years or three years, maybe, that they are going to be kicking down the door. They, I, mm. I just, I genuinely don't feel that way. And, and even to a degree with Meyer, like they may even want to go deeper, which is why a kid like Watson, who's very young, six years of control, going to be in the minors for a long time, um, and maybe even more players in that deal, young players in the deal. The Pirates are do- absolutely doing the right thing. They, they are, mm. they are preparing for four or five years out. And they'll never admit it. That's not what they do in baseball. The Astros route, the Cubs route, the White Sox route. Uh, the Tigers route, the Marlins route, every team does it. Pirates are just starting. Like this is year 1.5. So if people who are making suggestions, oh, they should trade Jesus Aguilar, or they should trade Pablo Lopez, the Pirates have no interest in this whatsoever. They're interested in competing in the long term. They're looking for massive prospect capital. 
uh, players who potentially have no service time or very little service time so so they can keep them when they become good. And that's the only way that they're going to trade Brian Reynolds. So regardless of what name I mentioned in the Herald or what we name we mentioned here, that's along the lines of of what they are thinking. Well, so that's just one center field option for the Marlins and, may, and maybe the best one when we really look at it in terms of quality of player. Um, looking at another option that, that we had heard sort of bally about by you before, we have Ramon Laureano in Oakland. So what's the deal there with Laureano and the Marlins? Yeah, John Heyman had mentioned this a couple of times. The second time, unfortunately, was right before I put my article out. And then hmm. I got, you know, I was I was a little upset about that because I knew <laughs> that this was coming out and I knew we were doing a podcast. Uh, but, you know, that that report by John is spot on. Uh, as as I've mentioned previously on on the spaces that I've done and other things, I'm not commenting on other people's reporting. But now that I've put it out there as well, I, I feel very comfortable in saying that that is absolutely true. The, the only thing that I would differ in terms of what John said, and, you know, and, and I know John very well, and he won't mind this, is I believe the Loriano deal is a lot closer than or was a lot closer than he had indicated or uh, that was closer than the Reynolds deal. Like, I feel like that one had a real chance of getting done. It did not. Lots of, again, top five prospects being mentioned. But in this case... Oh, they would only have to give up one of those really high-end players of the ones that we had mentioned previously. In the Herald, I mentioned J.J. Blade, of course. Right. Uh, you know, in Miami, you know, Watson. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think I heard Watson in that deal. But you know, Max Meyer again, Peyton Burdick again, uh, pitching wise, Zach McCambly again. Like, I, I mean, these are deals go in a lot of different directions. So to be one million percent transparent, I don't know exactly what the deal <laughs> was. I just know again, multiplayer deal. Miami sending one of their top guys back as opposed to two or maybe even three mm. to Pittsburgh. So potentially that makes more sense. Uh, mo as far as I understand, the Marlins front office is on board with Loriano, as I mentioned in the Herald, not really worried about the PED suspension. They believe it was an honest mistake. We'll find out if that is the case. My only hesitation with this whole thing, and, and this is something that I've expressed, is that you're going to be 27 games into a major league baseball season. Now they signed Solaire, so that takes a little bit of the bite away from it. But if it was just Loriano, this was my thinking. How can you possibly think that you can go into a season again, not having anyone else outside of Loriano? Like, is anybody in South Florida going to care if the Marlins start off 10 and 17 and Loren, but Ramon Loriano is going to come walking through that door with the Panthers playoffs and the Heat playoffs and and the NFL draft? No one is going to care in May and June. So um, as, as far as my understanding is concerned, one of the biggest priorities of the team and things that have been said to the team is that the team must get off to a good start this year. Mm. That has just crippled them the last few years is getting off to these brutal starts. Nobody cares. No one's buying tickets in June and July, constantly chasing. Can they get back to 500? Can they get back to six games under 500? Nobody wants to hear about that anymore. That was my concern with Loriano. Now that they have Solaire though, it's a little different. I'm like, all right, well now make some sense here because even if you have to wait 27 games, you still have this crafty outfield that you're trying to put together. Who would I be to tell them not to go get Ramon Loriano along with Solaire? Uh, obviously, if that was to happen, Jeremy, they'd have to do something with with uh, you know with with the team because too many players. They right, would, they would have less playing time. It wouldn't work with Aguilar and Cooper, and and then you know Soler moving to DH maybe or Avisel Garcia or Jesus Sanchez. So something would have to be sorted out if they end up making that deal. 
Well, to be in the position that they're in now it is one that's beneficial, right? To have signed Jorge Soler and to know, okay, we have a, a startable, passable outfielder with Brian De La Cruz as the fourth outfielder and can be in the position where he can be the late-inning defensive replacement. You're in a better position now. That might, you know, maybe not in, in a real just trade scenario here, but at least gives the Marlins a little more flexibility and, and leverage from their own perspective to be able to continue to pursue someone like Ramon Laureano who can come back sure. later. Um, a name that had not been mentioned, um, a name, an, a new name that has been added uh, to the list here of pursuits for the Marlins in this article that you wrote, Craig, was Teoscar Hernandez. And what was what were the trade talks like between the Marlins and the Blue Jays here on Hernandez? This was the one that I really thought back in November had a chance of happening because mm. I, I looked at this and said, now this is is the fit. A 30 home run player, passable center field, like again, that much better than Garcia in center, maybe not. That much better than Sanchez in center, maybe not. But he did play almost half a season in 2019 in center field. I'm pretty convinced that he could at least hold down the position. He's not going to be a disaster out there. So that with combined with the player and the makeup and the ability, I, I just thought that like now we're talking like that was the guy. But unfortunately, look, I'm sure there are other players that I have not mentioned here on this podcast or in the Herald that they had talked. In fact, I'm positive that there were other players right. that I have not talked about or that showed up uh, in my column in the Herald. But regardless of that, you know, this was one that was tough because I don't know exactly all the pieces or the players. But what I surmised in the Herald was at the time, one thing I was certain about. And again, I'm talking to a lot of people in baseball here. This is just not based around South Florida at all. And I want to be clear specifically on this one, too. Um, very specifically on this one. So the the Blue Jays, if you look at their lineup, and this is before they acquired Matt Chapman, this is about as dangerous a lineup as you're going to find in the American League. But Jeremy, no lefties, no lefty hitters. Mm -hmm. like, And so... They know, I think they knew that in some way they were going to have to get lefty. Now, I don't know if if this was part of using Hernandez to go to Miami and then doing something else by either signing Conforto, signing Kyle Schwarber. I know that that was a player that they were interested in. So had that happened, they would have needed to free up a center field position. Maybe George Springer goes back to center field. I'm just thinking this all through. Right. So where did they have, uh, you know, their holes? Okay. So they have, they didn't have any starting pitching. I mean, they had, they had signed Robbie Ray, but, uh, and they also didn't have third base. So it would certainly make sense to think if the Blue Jays acquired Brian Anderson from Miami to play third and a starting pitcher from Miami, and we can name a few, Pablo Lopez, Eliezer Hernandez, Maybe we could keep going further than that. Obviously, it wouldn't have been uh, Sandy or uh, or Rogers, right? Or maybe even Max Meyer. I don't know. But again, you look at Toronto; that would have solved some problems for them. But for whatever reason, like a million other trades that go on that that start, <laughs> this one was not closed. So that was the one for me. That was the one for me that I was hoping would happen. So what happened? We got out of the lockout, Jeremy. What did the Blue Jays do? Immediately signed a Kikuchi to a three-year deal. Yep. So I thought, all right, well, you know, may maybe they reinvigorate these talks and still, you know, maybe Anderson or maybe even Wendell. Who knows? Maybe they flip Wendell back to Toronto. He's lefty, right? 
<laughs> uh, then they sign, then they trade for Matt Chapman. And now they've extended Matt Chapman. I just don't think the trade is a fit anymore. I think that's it. Mm. I think that the opportunity was gone back then. And 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 good job, by the way. Give credit to the Marlins. I mean, there's a name that had no one had heard previously that I'm mentioning here that I've mentioned in the Herald, they, they, that when they say the cast of the wide net, absolutely true. Other names involved too, that didn't even come close, but not really comfortable at this point going further when the, with the, except for the ones that I went. Cause I think those, those three were at least discussed. Well, they've, they've clearly explored their options and, and, you know, uh, these are all the trades where I'm sure you talk to a bunch of different people, a bunch of different people would have different opinions on what the right value is to give up for any of the three players we just spoke about. But yeah. And, it, and by the way, I've already heard from people mm-hmm. regarding my article, my uh, my column in the Herald. I'll be, you know, again, completely transparent. There are people that are hitting me. Hey, this isn't right. That's not right. Oh, what? You know, that's this is off. That's I mean, I can only go based off what I have heard mm-hmm. and there's going to be different versions versions and different iterations of different deals. But I think the general scope of what we're talking about here and what came out in the Herald on Tuesday, I think gives you the general gist as to mm-hmm. what they were trying to accomplish. That I, that I feel very confident about. Maybe, maybe some of the names and the versions uh, in the end were not the final ones, but it gives you an idea. I'm certainly intrigued to see if they end up making any of these moves because the outfield is improved in a in a general sense, and that lineup, you know, lo- looks like a, a a much more competent lineup than what we were left with at the end of last season. So it, it's been a major off season for the Marlins, you know, one way or another, and in, in the additions of the guys that they've added and, and the extension, obviously, of Sandy. Um, when we do talk about uh, the bullpen for Miami. There are still some some question marks. Um, what's the latest update in terms of uh, what the deal is with closer and the rest of the bullpen here in Miami? Yeah, I'll say I'll say this about about the Marlins bullpen. The the one it's it, you know some things you know bother me a little bit. This is one of the things that bothered me a little bit. Now I understand that you know maybe they're not going to go out there and call the White Sox and take eleven million on with Kimbrel. Okay, you know I, I you know I, I get that. And, and maybe there were some free agent option out, options that were out there that they liked that got scooped up in, in, while they were looking for these outfielders. But the one, the one thing I have to say that bothered me a little bit and you know, still sort of bothers me a little bit is the idea that the focus was always, and, and kind of publicly, hey, we're focused on a bat, and then when the bat is done, we'll get the closer. You know? Like, I mean... I don't know. There's a lot of people working for the Marlins. Like, why can't two things be done at once? Now, now maybe it had something to do with budget. So I, I do want to mention that maybe that's a part of what was happening to see how much money would be left over after Solaire was signed. But they have extremely capable people in the front office to make these calls. I'm mm. I'm very well aware, and I have confidence in two to, you know, get on the phone. <laughs> and while these people are doing one thing, uh, others do another. And I know that's like putting it in the most you know, most layman term possible. But that was just one thing I didn't get. Like, like, why not just do both right now? So sure. it must have had something to do with the money. I don't know. Bottom line, all the dudes who they were interested in free agency, they're all gone. So there's really nobody left. The only thing they could do would be make a trade. Could they make one? Sure. Will there be some punting teams still right before opening day, Jeremy? Of course, there probably could. Right. Am I comfortable with their bullpen now? No, definitely not. I, I don't. I do not think that this is a sustainable bullpen for the entire season. But they could make a trade at some point, and they could call up a kid at some point, and they could use maybe one of their minor leaguers who's a starter as a, as a bullpen guy at one point too. They're all they're all options for it, but. 
now that I'm back talking fantasy baseball again and I'm doing yeah. the show on sports grade, we're going through all the teams. And yes, the Reds bullpen is worse, Jeremy. Yes, you could like like I can give you a team that I believe has a worse bullpen for sure. I can find a few. But Miami should not have this good of a team with the lack of depth that I feel that they have in the pen. Now, they mm. like some players in the pen more than I do. So mm. that I have to always defer to the people who are in charge making the decisions. And I am somebody that can just sit here and, uh, and, and this is, you know, jobs on the line with making these kind of calls. So I always defer to the people who see the player and, and maybe later on, there's, there's one I'd like to mention at least that I had heard that, that they did like, you know, like a sleeper kind of candidate. So yeah. I want to, I want to mention that later. Okay. So we'll get to that in a bit. Um, I will say, you know, when you mentioned those other arms coming up, the idea of watching Max Meyer in the bullpen sounds like a lot of fun. That's all I'm I, saying. He yeah, is just a, a blast to watch. It would be fun to see him there. I know he projects as a starter, and so understandably there's the build up and breakdown and, and everything that has to do with that. But it it would be it would be fun to see him performing at the big league level. Um yeah. everybody is everybody wants Max Meyer. Every like you could just you know name a team, they want Max Meyer. Yep. I mean, look, Yuri Perez is at the point where you know, I, I mean, maybe teams still call and ask, but they're de- they're not even entertaining trading right. that guy. But teams want Max Meyer because every you know, I mean, look when 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 Kim Eng and Bruce Sherman had their press conference last week on Monday, what did they say? We're going to make trades. Okay, well, hello, here we are. You know, all let's go, all let's go scout the Marlins. They're going to make trades. I mean, you yep. pretty much said it. So, I mean, even though I knew it and you knew it, now the world knows it. Right. So, naturally, everyone knows that the Marlins are going to be trading their pitching, their prospects. So, why wouldn't they be scouting these guys? One thing I do want to add, though, on Max Meyer. So, I've been, I've been to camp uh, four days now, four days in total. During the week, it's, it is especially hard for me because I do have a, a, you know, a very important job that I do with, with Sports Grid every day. Mm-hmm. And I'm on TV and radio. So, I've had a chance... And I don't mind mentioning it, and I don't think he'll be mind mentioning it because I've gotten to know him a little bit. Max Meyer. Let me talk to you about Max Meyer here for a minute. Max Meyer is about as unfazed and could not care less about his name coming up in talks, what's happening on the outside, what the deal is. Let me tell you something. This kid is ready to go right now, and that is all that he is thinking about that's all he wants. Get me to a big league mound, April seventh. You know, on the Marlins. <laughs> but, yeah. but again, get me to a big league mound so I can throw seven innings and strike out twelve guys. Yeah, he is a different guy, kid who has it, and I can understand why the Marlins don't want to trade him because for a kid that age to have that already. Uh, you know, is is something special. So I am very, very the, the the on the field stuff everybody sees, but no one needs to to shed a tear for Max Meyer's name coming up in these deals because this guy doesn't care. Like oh, I love great it. this that. When am I pitching next? How many guys am I going to strike out? Oh. You're not taking me out of the game. It's not happening. He is going to be something. He's going to be something to watch and. Uh, the one, the one thing with him that I would say, and, and, you know, everyone talks about bullpen versus starter. He has a slider that yep. may be the best in the organization. Very mm-hmm. possible that it's the best in the organization. He has a fastball that is very good, 
but it's, it's, it's the, the other players have better fastballs than him. So it's it's very good, but his slider is the pitch. What he what they're trying to do with him is they are trying to get the changeup going. Yep. And if they get that and he can really develop the third pitch, it will not matter what his fastball looks nope. like because I can't say that it's elite, but it's still very, very good. Like it's going to get outs, and those two pitches will get outs in the big leagues. But will they get outs a second time through the lineup? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I don't know. He thinks so. Who am I to doubt Max Meyer? This guy's got confidence like I've never seen in a kid his age. But that's the key. He needs the third pitch to get going. If he gets that going, kind of like Sandy finally developed that yep. third pitch, I, I think you got a star there. I do. Mm-hmm. And if not, by the way, you got you got a right-handed hater, Josh Hader. Yep. You know, you bring him, you know, you, you, you let Eliezer pitch five. Here comes Max Meyer. To throw two innings, mm-hmm. you know, and then just get get the ball to Bass on, or you know, whoever, <laughs> um, get get the ball to whoever in the eighth and the ninth inning, you know, like uh, Floro. I mean, it's kind of mm-hmm. you know, it does, doesn't doesn't come off the tongue right saying that Bender. Floro is going to close the game in the ninth inning, but reg- regardless, right? Uh, so anyway, wanted to give my two cents on Max Meyer. You 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 you, if you haven't met him and and you haven't gone to spring training, you haven't talked to him, you may not come away with all that much from him. But my gosh, I am. Very, very impressed with the player. Very, you gotta love the the type of guys that just want the ball that way and and ooze that sort of like, yeah, I'm the guy. I, I want to be the guy. Give me the ball. Let's go. Let, like, you know, I want to face anybody, and that's that's the type of mentality you want from the guys who are projected to be, you know, your ace, the guy p- pitching in in big games somewhere down like the he line. He just walks. He walks. Yeah, just, like there's he a just confidence. Knows who he is, you mm-hmm. know, like you can I, see I, it I as he it. walks around the complex. I've been, I've been around this game too long. Look, I don't know if this kid can pitch a lick in the big leagues yet. I have no idea. But he thinks he can. Yes. There, there and, is no doubt in my mind. That and that's can. more than half the battle. How many, like not not to, you know, and I won't get into any individual examples, but there's been guys over the last few years talking with the Marlins, particularly guys who have been in the bullpen, where if you talk to them, you can tell that there's like some overthinking happening in terms of approach. Where when you're like that and it's just, no, my stuff against your stuff, I got it, okay? I know I'm going to get guys out. That's half the battle. Getting there with confidence is part of what it takes to be a pitcher. It's part of what Mel Stottlemyre talked about with Sandy for a long time. Hey, pitch pitch with more confidence. Pitch aggressively. For that matter, Greg Maddox talks about it himself, that he didn't throw pitches. He threw confidence. That was a guy who didn't have half the stuff that Max Meyer has in terms of that fastball slider combo. So it'll be fun to watch him get to this yeah. level and start what, to face those types of hitters. Whether he is in Miami or somewhere else, he's 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 going to be special special player. I'm I understand now why Miami's very hesitant on trading him. I do. Well, I get. Are, are there any other players in spring training right now who who look particularly good who we haven't mentioned that we're not talking about so much? Well, I mean, there are some people that are selling me on Lazardo. I understand, you know, like he's looked he looked great in his first start. He's throwing much harder. Look, he's a great kid. I understand all that. I I'm, I need to see some regular season action with this guy, and and I'll come around. Look, I I would love to look at him on the fifth day of the season facing Mike Trout because that's what he'll face right. and and see see this go down and see Lazardo change from what he was but I saw I, and I know he had a great start at the end of last year mm-hmm. absolutely fantastic uh, but I saw a lot of other stuff too 
I am going to, at the very least, withhold my judgment until this happens. By the way, who has a good fifth starter in baseball anyway? The answer is no one. So not really worried overall for the Marlins, but they love Lazardo. They think Lazardo. I mean, Edward Cabrera, very nice kid, could be a superstar as well. He is not beating out Lazardo for the fifth spot. Mm. It is absolutely not happening. Mark it down. Write it with a pen. It's finished. Right. Lazardo's going to be the fifth starter on the Marlins. I'm telling you this right now. They could say there's a competition. There's not. Um, you know, the other name that I did want to bring up that uh, that has been brought to my attention, and I haven't seen him all that much because he, I, I, you know, I, I'm not even sure how this, this all came up, but a couple of different um, people with Will Stewart. Does everybody remember Will yeah. Stewart? Yeah, I remember so, Will Stewart. So he's been converted, I guess, into a relief pitcher at this point. And there seems to be legitimate chance that we're going to see him in the big leagues. That And he was, the, if I'm not mistaken, kind of like the extra piece. He was the in throw the, in on the JT trade. The, it was yeah, Sixto, yeah. So, Jorge Alfaro, and Will Stewart. I don't think he's pitching a spring game, to my knowledge. But there, I, I'll, I'll tell you, there are some really sharp people. And I'll just say in the Marlins organization, and it has been pointed out to me to say, hey, don't don't just completely forget. Like when I'm talking deep, deep sleepers, this is what I'm talking about. That This kid, Will Stewart, not done. Check him out. See what's up. So I'm going to. So when I hear that, I am always going to defer to the experts and say everyone should at least entertain the notion that this this Will Stewart could be a guy this year, although I haven't seen it yet. That's what I'm hearing. Wow. That, that's a name that feels like a blast from the past. Those are the names. Craig, when we first started this podcast, I think the very first conversations we were having were about the inevitable JT Real Muto trade. And so now to to be here, what, four years later, talking about Will Stewart feels like a... Uh, yeah, it's, it's like, like I'm nice on the spring training person. field and yeah. somebody points and says, you see that? And it's a I love pen. it. Yes, that's Will Stewart. Oh, I remember him. Yep. Keep an eye on that guy. I mean, it's as simple as that. Great. It's, this is not me like intricate 25 minute conversations. No. It's when someone points something out to me on a field, I am going to bring it here. I'm going to I'm going to tell you what the thought process is. So. So we'll see. And that's why people that, that that's why people come to us. That's why you get the big bucks. Breaking Greg. news on a podcast here. Hold on a second. Okay. Breaking news on a podcast. Oh, this Probably is incredible. This might be the first time we've ever had that. This is exciting. I'm going to stall for Craig while right, he... You guys, we're going to have to stall here for a minute. Yeah, I'm going to stall for him for a second. And I can Oh, always... okay, we do, we do. Okay. We have breaking news? Okay, so okay, so let's go to the let's go to the arbitrary... Well, this may be old, though. This may be old by the time we post I mean, this. I could just post this... I mean, we, we're talking this out. We're having a production meeting right now. But I can... As soon as we're off this Zoom, I can just turn it around and try to publish it as soon as possible. Um... Okay, I'll, so I'll the, Mar- the Marlins have the Marlins have how many players that are arbitration uh, that they had to go to court with? They have five. They have five now. I thought they had six, but I they thought have they five. had six. They have five. So originally, they had was, six players listed there: Aguilar, uh, Wendell, Cooper, Stallings, Lopez, Birdie were the six okay. players you listed earlier. Okay, so, today. so, so. And I and I and I broke Eliezer Hernandez's figure. I broke uh-huh. I broke Anderson's figure, right? Looking and now back, I'm gonna yes. break now I'm gonna break Garrett Cooper's figure. Okay. So Garrett Cooper is gonna get two point five million dollars in twenty twenty two. Um and he's agreed. So they so he will not go to arbitration. So now they're down to five. Okay. As we speak. There you go. 
Breaking news here on Swings and Mishes. That's why that? people. That's why you gotta listen all the way through. <laughs> but by the time people, by the, by the time people see it, it's already gonna be out. Yeah, it'll be out. But I like that people are gonna kind of. I'm not. I don't think I'm gonna cut any of that. I think people are gonna get to see how the sausage right. is made here for so. a second. I think that'll be fun for them <laughs> to hear all the the in between of of our conversation. I think that was kind of cool. So congrats to Garrett Cooper on his two and a half million dollars. Um, and the Marlins have agreed and now have five, at least as the time of this recording. Probably less, have, probably less by the time. Yeah, by the time you're crazy. hearing it, probably less. But at the time of this recording, still five players uh, headed to arbitration court. Um, so before we do wrap up, Craig, were there any last uh, news and notes or any other updates that you wanted to provide? We've covered a lot here going across, you know, Solaire signing and, and the center field options that were there, the bullpen. Even uh, even a Will Stewart sighting. So any uh, any further updates here before we wrap up? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I would I would just add at the end that it is definitely a lot of fun doing this, but it is very very stressful at times. I got to tell you, when the Marlins were doing nothing there for about a week, I have never seen the reaction that I saw on on social media, and and not just like waiting for, for things to happen, but sort of like questioning and, you know, and wondering if things are really going to happen. Mm. I mean, we could go back and talk about when, when Derek Jeter left the organization and, right. and there were some reports that no money was going to be spent. And I was steadfast that money will be spent. And then as time went by, it was like, it's not going to happen. So listen, I do the best that I possibly can with reporting this stuff in, in the way that I can do it. And I'm, I'm very I'll, I'll tell you, I'm very thankful that there's been so much truth with this new regime um, since they took over it. And it really has continued on here where mm. I, I you know, that that's just the huge difference between the last four and a half years versus the past where yep. I just don't ever feel like I'm really getting BS. I think there was everyone knows there was only one I keep mentioning is only one time <laughs> that I felt like I was getting BS a little bit which was the health of Sixto Sanchez. And I, and I had said on a previous po- podcast that I understood that because there are laws and there are rules in place about giving information on people's health. Regardless of that, I never really felt like there was a clear picture. But think sure. about all of the other things that both outside the organization with people telling me about the Marlins and then inside the organization of people telling me things too. They're a really candid group and a really honest group. And what they said they were going to do, they did to the degree that everybody wants them to do. Look, I'm not going to sit here and say that they're a World Series team because right now I don't believe they are, but I think they'll be more competitive. I think they yep. sought out this offseason to be more competitive. And who knows? Let's see what they have in store before mm-hmm. opening day. Maybe maybe there are some more moves to be had. So it is a pleasure doing this with you guys, but I got to tell you, it is a lot more fun when it calms down now <laughs> and it's just about baseball. So uh, once again, thanks everybody for listening. And certainly like and subscribe uh-huh. to this podcast. And if you have any questions, always let me know. Yeah. And uh, takes. Thanks for doing my job on Spaces, man. You're doing great. <laughs> You're doing a great job. Thanks. Thanks. For- I'll do one with you anytime you yeah, want. Yeah, we, we should. Yeah, we should. We should do. Uh, I feel like I'd be taking uh, takes takes his lane he's built that for him i'll just you go ahead and put that a little contributor to swings and mishes in your your bio there takes if you want that could be our own little inside and follow and hey by the way and follow hayes mish on twitter yes hayes mish follow at hayes mish on twitter not allowed to tweet a lot but when but he sees what's going on 
his and the uh bang for buck efficiency on his tweets uh you know he they're always home runs they're uh, always they're always bangers That's yeah they, they are they i will are. i will also and for anybody who's interested and i know last week and i saw a lot of fans by the way it was really cool to meet up with people but i will be back at uh cardinals marlins saturday of this week so let me see if i can get a date real quick here that is the 26th so tentatively i will be at always tentatively mm-hmm. cardinals marlins saturday marlins houston astros sunday the 27th those are the two next games that i have planned and i hope to meet more people uh see you guys and girls all out there and i hope everybody has a great week <laughs>